0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Design is Not Neutral. Today's guest is Jarrett Fuller. Jarrett is a designer, writer, educator, editor, and podcaster. He is also an assistant professor of graphic design at North Carolina State University, contributing editor at AIGA Ion Design, director of the design and editorial studio 26, and host of the design podcast, Scratching the Surface. His research focuses on design discourse, media, and publishing with a special interest in institutional histories, alternative practices, and critical design. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And if you like the episode, check out Jarrett's podcast, Scratching the Surface. But it's, it's really nice to meet you. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Of course. Um, I hope
1: I have something interesting to say.
0: I'm Sure. So I actually uh, found your thesis project from your graduate program. Um, and uh, a lot of the topics that you explored, I feel like uh, my research overlaps slightly.
1: <laughs> uh, it was like five or six, five, six, seven years before I went back. Um, and I went back to school specifically. I'm only telling you this because you said you, you looked at my, my thesis. Yeah. Specifically because I was interested in thinking about design critically and deeper and not just turning out projects one after another, which is what I was doing and was not what I was interested in and not the kind of design I was interested in. And I was trying to figure out if there was like some other way to practice design. And so I went to school like very specifically to think about design kind of in the way that you're talking about it, about it
0: now. Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, that's I kind of like didn't know that that was what I was doing and then and then started doing it. So I'm like in my year two, it's a three year program. So I'm in the second year Um, and I started off doing um, design work for uh, like domestic violence shelter here. And Mm. then through that, started thinking more critically about this process of like design thinking that, that professors often talk about and kind of like the pitfalls of it
1: so the problem that I have with design thinking and I don't I don't like that term design thinking I don't like the idea of design thinking as the way it's kind of understood today And, and the reason being is that two there's two reasons one it's sort of become like a brand and a buzzword on its own and so when that happens, it kind of just loses all meaning. You know, it's just like a trendy thing. And so I think if you ask and 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 then in doing that, it, it sort of like devolves what it means. It just like it gets just like reduced. And so if you ask people what design thinking means today, most people are going to be like ideO, post-it notes, you know, brainstorming, all of this. And so it's become this sort of like marketable, thing that non-designers can do to feel like they're being designers or to feel like they're being creative when really they're not. And that's not, that's not to say that they're not creative or that, you know, that they shouldn't be doing it, but it's it is a it is a a process that is designed to like make you feel like you're being innovative and most of the time you're not. Um, there's a really interesting article about this, um, that I can send to you, um, that I actually just assigned to my students, um, a couple of months ago, which is why I'm thinking about it. Um, that basically, um, it's called graphic design is like, or no, no design thinking is fundamentally conservative and produces the status quo. Have you seen this article? I'm kind of parroting up there, which okay. is, um, so So that's one, is that it's sort of just become this like trendy thing that has um, sort of lost meaning and has become a way to make it seem like design is important when it actually, you know, isn't really doing that. Um, There's there's somebody who I can't remember who it is, um, who said that design thinking should be called design thanking because the point is to thank the designer. And the idea is that what design thinking does is it makes the designer the center of the problem and it makes everything seem like a design problem. And so this contributes to this idea that I call the, the designer savior complex, which is that you know if you're a designer and you've been taught that design is problem solving, well, suddenly every problem seems like a design problem. And that then it can be solved through design and whatever type of design you practice. So if you're a graphic designer, you're like, oh, we'll make some posters. We'll make some nice type. We'll do a website. And most of the time, that's just a band-aid for some larger problem. I always think of like this example of a call to websites that promotes design thinking was mm-hmm. like, let's do... It was like a poster competition for a refugee crisis, and it was just like, "What? Like that's what we're gonna do? We're gonna just like make nice posters and and yeah. like that to me." So I'm rambling now. No, you're, that's okay. You're getting this is me good. going, but um, like that's what I think of when I think of design thinking. It's become, you know, it's this thing. That allows designers to kind of swoop into any context and solve a, prob- solve a problem um, without actually kind of wrestling with the real lived experiences of those problems. And most of the time, blanket statement, most of the time, it's band aids for some larger systemic issue that, you know, frankly, design as we practice design most of the time can't solve. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. Um, Sorry to self-promote here for a second. No, that's okay. (laughs) Um, But um, that was called against design. That was basically saying like design can't solve every problem and that we should be (laughs) weary when designers purport to solve problems.
0: Yeah. I I think that kind of also leads into my next question, which is like, can, I guess, can design be...
1: It depends... What you mean by design and it depends what you mean by neutral <laughs> uh, and so maybe
0: maybe how do you view design as it stands today in the first part of that
1: so so, so i'll say like design like
0: mm-hmm.
1: big design is not the idea of design is mm-hmm. not good or bad the idea of design is neutral um Design does not inherently make the world a better place. Design inherently does not make the world a worse place. Um, but acts of design, you know, the actual like design interventions in the world are not neutral. Those, every piece of design changes its context in some way, you know, and it comes from, a, it, it goes into a culture that has preconceived notions biases ideologies points of view and it comes from a designer who has preconceived notions ideologies Mm -hmm. points of view and so therefore like if we're speaking about individual pieces of design no it can't be it can't be neutral i also like don't know if there is such a thing as is neutral i think you know when you use a phrase like that you have to say like neutral for who Mm who You know, and so there's very little in the world that's truly universal. Mm -hmm. Um, And so something might be neutral in one culture or be seen as neutral because everybody sort of like believes a similar thing. But once you zoom out a little bit, it starts to kind of lose that. Um, And every decision that you're making as a designer is coming from your own background, education, beliefs, um, politics you know, race, sexuality, all of that is going into your design work, whether you admit it or not, um, therefore shaping how you think it will, will be in the world or, you know, shaping the decisions that you make. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I think that also like, uh, ties back into that idea of like design thinking and this, I guess, like concept we have that we can remove ourselves from the problem as a designer, but we really are constantly putting our own perspective on it, whether we know it or are aware of it or not.
1: Yeah. And 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 I, I think there's like a going back to kind of your earlier question and, and, and this question of neutrality, I, I think, you know, one of the things about design thinking or like social design and design for good is this sort of inherent optimism in design that that design can make the world better or that 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 by adding design to things it always makes it better Mm -hmm. and that's where i think that that's where i say like the design is neutral that adding design to design as a concept doesn't do anything um but then in specific cases it loses that neutrality i'm i'm like getting caught up on the semantics so i hope that makes sense. no
0: yeah that makes sense
1: Um, but i think it's a problem to kind of Present these ideas as as neutral or apolitical because nothing nothing is is yeah. neutral or apolitical.
0: Um, when teaching design history, a lot of these like prolific designers are are white men traditionally, mm-hmm. um, and also the standards that we create design with are yeah. taught to us by. These designers, so we have a very like Eurocentric view mm-hmm. of design. Um, when you're teaching the those like intro level classes where you're trying to say, okay, like this is this is what good design is. I guess how do you like <laughs> grapple with that? <laughs> <laughs> that is
1: a that that is a, a very very good question. It's a question that I think about all the time.
0: Um,
1: so two two things. I think when we say good design, I, get, I used a version of this phrase already, so forgive me for repeating myself. But when we say good design, we have to say good for who? Right. Um, you know, design is always for something um, and for someone, uh, whether that is trying to sell somebody something, trying to convince somebody of something, trying to educate, trying to communicate, trying to provoke, you know, all these, there's always like an intention behind it. And then it's always directed to somebody, whether that's a culture, a customer, uh, you know, a reader, a viewer, etc. And so you can't, this goes back to that kind of universality or neutrality. You can't just generally say, this is what good design looks like because there's all these different use cases and there's all these different audience types and there's all these different scenarios that sort of changed the, the like knobs of what makes something good. And so something good in one culture or time period or history will not be good in another one. Mm-hmm. And so like, I love Paul Rand's logos as much as everybody else, but we can't say that this is still what logos should be look like because Paul Rand was designing those logos before there was the internet, before there was social media, before there were apps where you had to have icons, before there was... Moving screens and all of that changes what makes a logo work or not work. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, and so what I always try to do when I'm talking about this stuff is is, is talking about that of kind of always asking that question, good for who um, and really thinking about the context um, and the audience. Um, and then I, I always try to you know tell my students that all of these things are just theories these are just specific methods and ideologies that came from a particular group of people in a particular group of a particular time in in history Mm -hmm. and so sort of the like modernist grids white black red use a handful of use like these five typefaces um, organization clarity simplicity that's just one method Mm -hmm. amongst a myriad of methods that we can choose from and that one was popular and that one lasted a long time but that doesn't make it better than any other Mm -hmm. and so when i talk about it i try to not show i try to not talk about like design history linearly and i'm not good at it because it's you know that's just kind of like how we are as humans but i try to like say here are all the the methods here are all the ideas you can take and borrow and remix and adapt from all of these depending on your scenario, situation, audience, you know, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and so it's not like you have to use a grid, you have, to, you have to use these typefaces, you have to do this, and that's good design, and then everything else is experimental, which is how I was taught. It's mm-hmm. like one method says grids are nice, using only two typefaces are nice. Mm-hmm. Not mixing serif and sans serif is nice. But another method says collage all this together, break the grid, you know, all of this, this idea of like, you have to know the rules to break the rules is, is not a good way to kind of think about it. Cause it's still saying that there are rules right? and, and yeah. there's not, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I think that that question, um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. I've tried to not say, well, I don't say, you know, what's good or not, but they'll, they'll, uh, a lot of the students also are not design meters or don't have a <laughs> background in art. And they're usually coming from something that ha- has very black and white answers, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. This, this is not correct. This is correct. Like math or economics or something. <laughs> um, and they will come up to me and be like, is this good? right? And I'm like, do you think it's good? Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. Yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting place to be at to be, yeah, kind of feel like you're, I don't want to impart my opinion onto them, but I also want them to be successful. In what yeah,
1: so, so a couple of things. I, on the first day of every class, um, mm-hmm. have a slide and sort of like my intro for the class, where I, I literally say, design is not math. There are not right or wrong answers. (laughs) My job is to not tell you how to do design. My job is not to make you another Jarrett. My job is to not, my job is to like, give you the tools to figure out what these things mean in your own practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I try to frame that right at the beginning. That's not to say that I still don't get questions about, is this good? I've many times have had students say, is this good? And I say, I don't know, you know, and let them figure it out. (laughs) Or I I try to like move away from the idea of like good and bad and more Mm -hmm. towards questions of intention. What are you trying to do? Why did you do this? Why didn't you do this thing? Like, you know, and and kind of frame it as a series of questions. So then they have to kind of talk about their decisions. Mm -hmm. And I think when, when a student is talking about their decisions, then the class can respond to those intentions to say, oh yeah, that makes sense, that's working, or I don't see that in what you're, what you're actually showing, you know, and then that kind of gives us something to talk about collectively as opposed to just like looking at work and being like, oh, I like this. Maybe that should be Bod- Bodoni instead of Georgia, or right. that red's a little light, let's darken a little bit. It actually like makes for a richer discussion also. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, um, that like emphasis on process and getting them thinking about why they're making the decisions they are, that Mm -hmm. has helped me like, this is my first semester teaching my own course. And i like, feel like that's finally happening now at the end, but was not at all happening in the beginning. So it's good to see that. Um,
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's tricky. It's hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then I guess just kind of the last question I have is about the the field of design today and and what you feel are the most kind of pressing issues within the field or or what you've been talking about the most recently or
1: <clears throat> so something that's interesting I'm gonna, um, uh, <laughs> hopefully this makes sense. I'm going to just kind of say a lot yeah. of things right now that ho- hopefully I can kind of organize. Something I'm interested in is the relationship between design education and design practice Mm -hmm. um, and like the profession and being a student and for a long time again blanket statement here um, design educators and sort of like design students look to the profession to see what's going on in the profession and then they update the curriculum based on that. So it's like, okay, everybody's doing apps now, interaction design is the thing, user experience is the thing, let's add all of these things to our classes. Or like, oh, branding is big, let's like do branding classes or, oh, everybody's using Figma now instead of Adobe, let's do Figma classes. And I think that's backwards. I don't think we should look to the industry about what we should teach the next generation. I think, you know, that, that design students and like people who are in like design education settings, people like yourself should be saying like, this is, this is what it means to be a designer today Mm -hmm. and then put those people out into the world. And then that's how like the design industry changes. It's not based on like, these short-term goals that companies have, that they say, oh, we need more motion designers. We need more interaction designers. And then schools are like, okay, we'll create those for you. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, how, how how are design students prepared to move through an industry that five, 10 years after they're out of school is going to be completely different? Mm-hmm. Um, how, do, how How does a designer have agency to move through the profession, to continue to learn and to not be like pigeonholed into a particular type of design. And like that's what I'm seeing a lot of, and I think we should break it is that like students become user experience designers or they become branding designers or they become, I don't even know what else there is, advertising design, you know, and then and then it's just like silos. And I'm, I, I think we're going to eventually have to head back to, and, and I hope that we see more of this sort of like multidisciplinary, this like design generally that you can sort of move between all different types. Cause the principle, like, you, you know, if you have this sort of way of being in the world, these processes, these tools, you should be able to design anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so that's, that's one thing. Um, And then related to that, I'm very interested in like the way user experience and branding has basically like taken over graphic design. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you know, as a graphic designer, probably 90, as a graphic design student, probably 90% of them will either, will graduate and they'll either go in and work for a branding agency or an advertising agency. Or they'll work for like a tech company or a product shop designing interfaces. Mm-hmm. Those are like the two biggest things. It's like branding and apps. That's it. And I get it. That's where the money is. That's like, yeah, that's what people need. But I wonder what we lose by focusing on those two things. Mm-hmm. I'm not answering your question necessarily about like what I see, but i'm kind I'm like kind of talking around it, I guess. yeah um, but there's there's still like you know design's a lot bigger than those two things and i wonder how we get back back to that if if that's even a thing the other the the last thing i'll say to this is i'm i wonder if graphic design even exists anymore to be honest Mm -hmm. um and i've talked to other this is not necessarily a complete original idea of of mine um but maybe graphic design and that term graphic design was a 20th century thing you Mm -hmm. know or or even like a 19th century thing and what we're doing today is something different and so maybe there is just like branding designers and interaction designers and book maybe that's maybe it's like splintered and it's all these different things or it's some new thing or maybe there's some like new term or whatever um and I I wonder about The term graphic design and the industry graphic design and what that even means anymore, and if that even has meaning. Maybe graphic design is like design thinking, where it just like has no meaning anymore. It just you know (laughs) means everything. Yeah. Um. And so when I think about like the future of graphic design, I wonder like maybe there isn't one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, I don't know if I actually believe that, but. I think it's an interesting sort of thought experiment for sure.
0: yeah, I think um have you read Capslock?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah, I just started it, so I'm not <laughs> fully I haven't fully finished it, but I think the idea that he brings up about design as craft is quite interesting and and once again expanding our definition of design even further. Um, yeah because it's something I never really thought about, but we do separate out industrial design from, you know, what we know as graphic design mm-hmm. so often. Um, mm-hmm. And we separate out fashion design too, but really a lot of those things have common areas. Yeah, um, And like, then it gets into the question of like design as art, like there's a whole yeah. thing to think about there.
1: I, yeah. I mean, I, I think these like, silo, it goes back to that sort of multidisciplinary thing I was talking about. These silos are helpful to an extent, but they're also harmful in other ways. Like I'm talking to you on a MacBook that it was designed by an industrial designer, but I'm looking at a screen whose interface was designed by a graphic designer, you know, or like a 2D designer. And they were in communication to design this thing that would work You know, holistically. And so this device that I'm talking to you on is both industrial design and graphic design. And so why aren't students in the industrial design program and the graphic design program in classes together, Mm -hmm. you know, and working on projects together, or like your shirt has graphics on Mm -hmm. the front of it. And that is graphic design. And, you know, you look at, I mean, I'm, I'm still like very sad about the death of Virgil Abloh, yeah. and and, like he also like i mean his work was like very much graphic design, if yeah. you really think about it um and, and and he doesn't have a graphic design background, he's an architecture, he had an architecture background, and then you know worked in in fashion um but his i would argue his work was very much about graphic design too, and so i totally totally agree with you
0: I think the other thing is like this is. I think even before this, the thing that I did critically question about design was the field that I was in. I never had a boss who was not a male. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was typically the only woman on my team. And in undergraduate, Mm -hmm. my class was like 75% women. So I was, and I worked in fashion. So I was like, like, what is going on? (laughs) Like, why am I the only woman here? Um, and that seems to be a trend among creative teams that it's, it's typically a lot of men, typically a lot of white men and and particularly in leadership roles.
1: Yeah, it's bad. I mean, and I, I'm, I, I'm speaking as one of those men. I realize, um, I've never taught a class that has been majority men. It's always been, uh, women. Majority women. I've been fortunate to have have um, women bosses, um, but if you look, AIGA a couple of years ago did like a big survey, and if you look at like the, the percentage of men and women, it, it's much more even than you would think until you get to the leadership positions, um, and it it gets very bad. Uh, the other interesting thing, though, is if you look through design history. Women have run a lot of the major design programs um, around the country, and so for a long time, Cranbrook that I mentioned earlier, um, you know RISD, uh, mm-hmm. Yale, CalArts arts, Art center, the the directors of the graphic design programs have been women. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's this weird it's this like weird thing about how the profession sees women the role of women um and I think that th- there's a lot of really nice kind of research on on women in design that I can send you if, if yeah if that if that's sort of a, a direction that you're interested in but I I know exactly what you're talking about
0: yeah yeah I think it's and also there's um the one thing I did notice was in those fields Um, particularly when I was working for brands I worked for bonobos which is like men's brand Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I think I have one of their suits do you (laughs) I think so Um, yeah
0: yeah, they there was like a pressure to make my designs less feminine right so (laughs) I think that's maybe another problem is this that I, I haven't seen a lot of research on but when you see a design that I, and the only thing I can think of is these like instagrammy designs um they're often seen as like bad design or like design made yeah. on canvas which is a little bit right. more like feminine or traditionally feminine um and it, it, there's a push to like veer away from that and make things more like stark and clean and minimal or something like that yeah
1: Right. Which, yeah. you know, goes back to that. I mean, it goes back to that neutrality thing, because like, why do you like that? That is such a cultural bias mm-hmm. that we have, you know, that, that like, there's nothing in uh, like, clean, cult, like, like, there's nothing in that that is inherently this equals man. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: You know, or yeah. vice versa. Yeah. Um, And so you know, even that is embedded with these sort of cultural codes and signifiers that just sort of perpetuate stereotypes, ideologies. Um, you know, I th- there's a really good article a couple of years ago about when there was all the sort of questions around bathrooms and transgender people, mm-hmm. what bathrooms they could go in, and and that like you know, people, people on the right were saying like, Oh, you can't do this. Like, you know, this is, but it's like the idea of gendered bathrooms is actually a new invention. Mm-hmm. It's only in the last hundred years, it was when women went to work that they, they separated the bathrooms. And then and then that eventually then gets built into building codes, and then designers make signs that reinforce that that is the way the world is, but that's not the way the world is. It's That was a decision that was made that then over time comes to be seen as something concrete, um, but you can make the argument that that was a design decision, you know, that design codified that way of seeing the world, and then it got, you know, ruptured, and then we have to kind of think about it again. It's the same way with like feminine or masculine Instagram posts. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way, the, the last thing I'll say, um, cause now I'm just like talking too much. Um, <laughs> the, the way I like to see design or the way I often try to talk about design is not as problem solving, but as um, cultural production. So what graphic design does is it creates culture. Um, and so the way you can think about that is that design is a way to give ideas form and so it takes ways of seeing beliefs ideologies messages and it gives them shape it gives them something tangible something concrete that then people can hold on to and kind of gather around and then in that that's how you like you know create a culture that's branding that's like all of that is that's all it's doing it's like creating these cultures um so I don't know. I don't know if that relates to the things you're talking about, but kind of as we were talking about, I I thought that might be helpful. I just kind of, you know, if if I were to summarize everything that I've babbled about for the last forty eight minutes, that's what it is. It's like moving away from design as problem solving and moving towards design as cultural production. Yeah. If that if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, and I think it it that in itself puts more. Responsibility on a designer than the other way of thinking. Um, and yeah. um, in that we have a larger impact than people. Yeah. That's and true. that can be good or bad.
1: That's true. Because often when you think about design as problem solving, it's like a problem that somebody else has and they ask you to solve it. And, and then that becomes service and clients and all of that. Uh, but when you think about it as production, as kind of creating culture. That all goes back to the designer. Mm-hmm. Um and I, yeah, you're you're totally right. You asked very good questions. I hope I made sense. Yeah, um, no, that
0: was good. Yeah. Thanks so much.
1: All right, nice to meet you. Talk Thank to you, you
0: soon. Thank you. Bye. If you like this episode of Design Is Not Neutral, please follow us on Instagram at design is not neutral. This podcast was recorded on Thursday, December 2nd, 2021 at 4 p.m. Thank you.